Alright. Uh, now it is time for the leader to qualify. Please stand so that we can hear and see you. Uh, we ask that you keep your focus on the recovery and the 12-step program over is anonymous. Qualify until 9.15. Alright. Hi, I'm Tim Compulsive Overeater. And just to qualify, um, I'm back from relapse uh, now coming up on six years and I'm down 96 pounds. Um... And the reason I like to just give a very clear answer, because my I do not want to be um, I like my my disease likes vagueness, and um, you know once a month I get to uh, uh, sit down and, and, and weigh and see the results of uh, of my food program for the month, and I report that that weight, and sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. I've had to have conversations with my sponsor. Um, about about my weight and we've had to adjust my food um, but that's all been uh, worked out with him so um, defining my abstinence um, I eat uh, five times a day three meals and two snacks and um, you know there are um, there's the the list of, of foods that that I don't eat have, has gotten larger since I came in um, but uh, I just want to be safe and sane around food um, and uh, I don't have to, I don't have to eat like I did, you know, five years ago before I came, or six years ago before I came back. Um, okay, let me tell you my story. Uh, I grew up in the Midwest, and um, I grew up on a farm. It wasn't a working farm, but we always had animals and things, and gardens, and we always had uh, what I can remember was a lot of work to do. And um, yeah, um, and. Dinner time was, I mean, my mom was, she was a, a pretty good cook. I mean, not a great cook, but a good cook to where we all ate well. And, but I sat right next to my dad. And, um, and then it was, I was the oldest boy, then my brother and the girl sat on the other side of the table. And when my dad was done with his food, he would, he would take from our plate. And, um, and then, and that worked its way right down the line. I would take from my younger brother's plate and then so on and so forth. <laughs> And the only one that gave, gave back was my mom. You know, she would be like, the food went this way, the table coming from mom. And so the little kids did get, get something to eat. Um, and, um, you know, that, I, um, I had no problem taking somebody's food. I mean, I, I can remember when I was in relapse, you know, my, you know we would buy something. You know, an ice cream sandwiches or whatever it was and my wife would go well can I just have one maybe two of these and I'd be like sure and you know once I was into it it didn't matter you know I ate them all and, and it never crossed my mind that that was dishonest that that was you know wrong or anything I just ate what I did what I wanted to do and I, I was like that um, when I was growing up all throughout my life um, and uh, I can remember Sundays after church, we'd go to church and we'd always stop at the malt shop or, you know, afterwards. And I would run in there and I was the first one to get my malt because what I would do is I'd drink it as fast as I could. And then I would look at my younger brothers going, you're going to you're going to share now. <laughs> I, you know, I'd be like, you know, I had no problem uh, bullying them. Um, like I said, we, we were big eaters. And, um, you know, it was encouraged to eat big because you, you were going to work very hard. And uh, weight was not a problem for me uh, because, again, we, all, we worked and we played, we played sports. Uh, the only two things you had to do well in, in, in our uh, uh, growing up was school and work. And I hated both of them. Uh, you know, I really did. I, I was not. A, I was a good athlete. I was not a good. I was not a good student. And uh, um, and I did not like work. I can remember telling my father that you know what this because we he bought a company and we had to go to work for him at the on Saturdays at the age of 
uh, um, I was six years old and we had to clean his offices. We had to vacuum his offices. And I was like, I've just gone to school all week long and now I've got to go and vacuum. This is not fair. And, he, and I remember this argument. And then during the summers, we, when we were eight and nine and ten years old, we had to go all, all, all during the summers. And uh, so we basically had like one week off. We got a one week vacation during the summer. And I just felt this was absolutely unfair. And it was, and, and so, you know, I would tell him, he goes, you, you're right, you're right, this is unfair. But this is, this is how you grow up. This is, this is the life, you know. And um, I just was resentful of that. And I mean, I, we, we were, my dad and I, in particular, from that, from very early, were just like on a, a continual fight. We just did an installment plans. I mean, it was like, you know, um, and I was just, and at every turn, I was defiant with him. It really didn't matter. I, any way I could wreak havoc, I did. Um, with the food, I would steal food. If, I, if, if something good came into the house and it was still available when, when I got to it, um, you know, I would, would, uh, I would steal it and, so I could have more of it. And, and again, never, you know, I got what I wanted and that's all that mattered. Um, in high school, the weight started to become a little bit of a problem. Um, I can remember... Um, I've, I've, I have a brother who's uh, 13 months younger than me, and he was always a little bit thinner, and I always just had a little bit of a, a belly. But I, again, I played baseball and football and soccer, you know, so I could eat whatever I wanted to until about um, my junior year in high school, and um, that's when I found wrestling. And um, they they starved themselves, that and that was like something I like to do. I mean, when when I found out you could starve yourself and not eat all day long, and there was such a sense of accomplishment at the end of the day, going, I didn't eat anything, and I'm not even hungry anymore. Um, but that only lasted for a couple of years, um, you know, because then I got to binge Friday night after weigh in or Saturday night after weigh in. You got to binge, and you know you could put on five or six pounds in a matter of a couple hours, and. Um, uh, you know, the weight started coming on in, in college, the freshman, maybe 25, 30 pounds. Um, but again, it would, I would always find some kind of obsession, whether it was a girl, whether it was a job, whether it was uh, school. School at one time, I, after my sophomore year, I got kicked out of school um, by my dad because I, I withdrew from all my classes and just took the, a, a, a spring break that kind of went into summer classes and, you know, and he's like, so I made enough money to get back into school, but, and, and so then it was all an obsession about school. Um, and the weight kind of went back down, I can remember that. Um, but uh, after school, um, it was, uh, that's when the, the, the real yo-yo started for me. I was no longer playing any sports, um, and I didn't, like, I didn't like running, I didn't like exercise of any kind. Um, I thought it was pointless, you're gonna run a circle, basically. You're always gonna end up where you started. Um, <laughs> And so I just never saw the point in that. And um, uh, it was, I did like playing sports, but again, the, the, the level kind of passed me by. And um, so uh, the food was, was my buddy. And I did a lot of drinking and a lot of drugs, too. I can remember my two favorite still drugs are nicotine and laughing gas from the dentist's office. Those were, I mean, those were the two early things was, which I totally disconnected with. It was like I knocked my teeth out um, when I was younger, and so I had to have root canals done. And, man, when they gave me that gas, it was just like... And I had to do it several times because they, they capped it, and then they had to do the root canal and all that stuff. And, man, I was just like, I like the dentist. And uh, I did. I really liked the dentist because it was just like, 
I remember telling him, this is the most comfortable chair I've ever been in. And I can remember him laughing, you know. And then uh, in high school, I found, I grew up in a, just a very sheltered, out on the farm. And a very small uh, grade school. And then I went to, like Beverly Hillbillies, we moved to, you know, we moved to a very nice part of town. And I was way out of place. I mean, I remember going to school with manure in my shoes, you know, from going out, taking care of the horses and cows and stuff like that. And, and you know, they were like, what do you, who's, that, who's that guy that smells, you know? And I'd be like, oh, that's me. And, um, um, but nicotine, somebody gave me some chewing tobacco. And I never had it out where, where we live. And um, I was like, this is good, too. Well, my dad caught me. I had to eat the whole can. It didn't bother me, though. I was like, I'm not, I'm not giving this up. This is a great feeling. The pressure's gone. I feel right with the world. And I found that in drugs. I found that in alcohol. I found that in food. I never made the connection with food until after... Um, that's all right. Until after um, I gave up the drugs, or the, the, the obsession for drugs and alcohol lifted when I was about 29 years old. It just kind of ran its course. And um, that's why I don't, qual- I don't drink anymore, but I don't qualify myself as an alcoholic because I never had to do any work to keep it. I mean, once, once I was done with it, I was done with it. It didn't, it was just like, all right. I, and, but right afterwards... The, what it got, the, the food really came in and I had my first big weight gain of probably 60 to 70 pounds. Um, and I remember um, I had just gotten into 12-step programs because I, um, I do have an al- alcohol in, in my family. My, my godfather you know, was my Eskimo. He got me into uh, Al-Anon. And, uh, I mean, he was an alcoholic. And, I mean, the drinking was, eh, that I drank a lot. But, you know... The, the being around people really bothered me that drank. And um, so I went down and on and the weight was, I mean, I was like probably 260. And, um, uh, you know, I had just broken up with the, my most current alcoholic that, uh, um, uh, that I was dating. Because I, I would try to keep up with him. And, and, you know, I did really well, but I just, I, you know, I couldn't do it over the long term. I couldn't do it every night. And um, so uh, I was working the 12 steps and... and um, I got, that's when I started to get into exercise. And I remember feeling so bad about myself. I'd start walking and um, I was like, oh, this, I feel better at this. You know, the endorphins or whatever it was, I felt better. And then um, as I, uh, um, I would maybe do a little running and I felt even better. And then I was off. I didn't run a 5K. My first thing I did was I just ran a marathon. I signed up for the Chicago Marathon and I ran the Chicago Marathon. Um, and then after the Chicago Marathon, I was like, well, what's next? I'm like, I can't do it. A marathon's boring. And so um, I, I, did the, I signed up for the Ironman Triathlon. And so they, they, don't let you, they don't let you just run. The, they don't let you do that. They don't let you do that. I didn't want to do the, the, the sprints or the half or anything. So I just said, I said, how can I do this? Well, they're like, well, you, there's this charity thing. If you, I, so I paid $1,000 to run the, do the Ironman. And so I, tra- I didn't never ridden a bike and I never, uh, I, I've ridden bikes, but I never did it for distance. It's 112 miles. And, um, and so, so I went out and bought a bike and uh, I got a, a pool membership and I started swimming. And, um, you know, eight months later I did it and I actually gained weight doing it. And um, they weigh you in the morning and then they weigh you when you're done. And I gained a pound. And because um, there are a lot of snacks along the way. Um, they, they do. They, they, they feed you well along the way. And so... Um, 
you know, what, and what was next? I mean, you know, I was, I wor- it was working the 12 steps and I'm like, you know, this is great. I love this, you know. And so what was next? I mean, I was really afraid because I knew, you know, I was now down to, you know, 180 pounds or whatever it was. And I was feeling good and I was looking good. And I'm like, I knew if I stopped, do- if I stopped moving. I was gonna, I was gonna gain the weight back. And really, Everest, I was thinking, you know, Everest was very popular at the time that into the, into the, into thin air was out, and I was like, oh, this is, I'm gonna do Everest. And, uh, I'm like, nah, I'm not doing Everest. And so, I moved out to Los Angeles, and, um, you know, I got, I always wanted to do something with the film business, so I, I came out here, and, um, you know, I started working as a PA, and you know what? They, PA sometimes get to set up craft service, and, you know. <laughs> Sometimes it didn't get set up because I would eat it. And, um, you know, um, the weight started creeping back on. So what did I do? I signed up for another marathon. Even though I didn't want to run the marathon, I signed up for one. And um, I remember uh, White Flag Walter. Uh, he was he 12-stepped me from Al-Anon into OA. And he was like, man, it sounds like you eat like me. And he showed me a picture of him on his, on his uh, a bike. And he was, I mean, he was still bigger, much bigger than he was today, but he was, yeah, I was riding like 80 or 90 miles, mountain bike miles, which are a lot of, I mean, I do road bike miles. Mountain bike miles are a lot, you know, a lot more, uh, harder, excuse me. And so, uh, I'm like, really? And he was much thinner than he was. And he goes, yeah, I'm in OA. Because uh, once I started eating these foods, I'm like, no, I, because I didn't want to, because people told me at the time, or what I remember hearing was that, you know, uh, the Al-Anon is the graduate program of 12 Steps. And to me, OA was like the grade school, kindergarten. And I did not want to go backwards. I was already in the grad school one. And so, um, you know. But sure enough, the night before I was running my last marathon, um, you know, instead of going down with the people and being part of... Because it is, it is a big, uh, you know, community. There is that sense that we're all doing something special together. Instead of doing that, I went and ate a large pizza in my room. And, um, you know, it made complete sense to do that. Watch movies, relax, be my, get ready for the race. And, you know, the, the next day was a disaster. And so I came back determined to lose the weight that I had gained training for the marathon. And, uh, you know, it, the diet lasted till lunch. And I was like, you know what? I was just, I was kind of done. I hit my first little bottom and I came in. I got the food, pro- I, got the, I got that I could not eat flour and sugar anymore once I started eating it, you know. And then I, I, I went and got really, I dropped down really low because I, again, I was like, this is new, this is great, this is exciting. And man, as soon as I got that, I was slowly easing my way back out because I didn't enlarge upon a spiritual condition. This wasn't the most important thing that I was doing. I would leave, leave meetings early so I could go to spin class over at the Hollywood Y and, you know, just exhaust myself. Because what that did, it, does, it did the same thing that food did for me. It, would be in, 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 it, it, it quieted the mind for me. You know, in 45 minutes, I could exhaust myself. I could work as hard as I could and, and be drenched in sweat, but my mind would be quiet at least for five or ten minutes. And that's what, exactly what food did for me. When I would eat that food, when I would shove that food down, you know, I, it would quiet my mind just for a short period of time. And so, um, I, I, you know, but this was working for me. This really was working. A uh, little bit of meetings, a little bit of exercise, but then uh, all of a sudden I had to add, well, I had to make a living. And now I've got a, which turned into me, be my wife, you know. And so all of a sudden there's less and less time for meetings. There's less and less time for outreach calls. And, and I was out. Once I started easing, I was gone. And um, I gained 
like 120 pounds. And so, um, very quickly, my, my wife and I got married. I kind of kept it, I kind of kept it under control before we got married. Then once I got, once, once I got her, you know, trapped, you know, it was off, you know. I mean, it really was. It was just like, and I remember sitting there looking at her, getting so upset. I had no idea how to compromise. I had no idea how to, uh, um, live with another person. You know, because at that point I was 35 years old and I did what I wanted. I went to meetings when I wanted to do. I did whatever I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And now all of a sudden that was no longer a rule. And I can remember eating, going, look at what you're doing to me. You know, and that's what I would do to comfort myself. Um, and, you know, five years in, you know, I, I was really done. Uh, you know, I was definitely a failure as a husband. I couldn't make a living anymore. I was just a break even, you know. Barely, barely squeaking by. I had, just had my first daughter, and um, you know, I I struck her. I swatted her on the butt because she, as a six-month-old, kicked me. I'm like, you know, but that's where I was. And you know, on on May the May the fifth um, of two uh, fourth of 2009, I eaten so much during the day, and I'm just such a volume eater that every time there was a little bit of room, I would just keep filling it. I would just keep filling it and filling it. That night, I just I threw up in my mouth, and um, you know, my wife during that time, during that four or five years uh, out, she was like, "Maybe you want to go back to OA. Maybe you want to go check this out." And you know, I and I told her I was like, "I'm just not ready. I was scared to death to look in and see what was inside." And really, that's real. I just and I didn't want to do the work. I didn't want to make this the number one thing in my life, and it really is today. And that day I was ready. I came back in. I got a sponsor who, who hadn't experienced relapse, but had for, at the time, 10 or 11 years, had, you know, maintained 140-pound weight loss. And um, I was ready to do what he asked me to do. And uh, he asked me, <clears throat> uh, after 30 days of abstinence of no flour and sugar, he's like, um, he goes, now I... What, what have you put on your plate in the last 30 days that as soon as you put it on your plate, you were looking for seconds? You were watching the bowl being passed to make sure that there was going to be more when it came back around to you. And uh, for me, it, I knew it was potatoes and it was rice. Because um, one portion, one serving of those two things is not, that's not on my register. I want more of those things. And uh, he recommended, he said, listen, he goes, you know, you can play around with those things, but you're going to eventually lose. There is no sanity with those foods. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I was ready. I was like, I, I'm done with rice and sugar. And, and what he'd get, the foods that he had, had approved for me were big quantities of proteins and vegetables and fruits. And, and, and in those 30 days, I was never really hungry. You know, I mean, I, he goes, I eat five times a day. I thought you had to eat three meals and no, nothing in between. That's what I thought. And he's like, no, I eat five times a day. Because I never asked him. I, even in the 30 days, I'd never asked him. He's like, oh, yeah, I have, you know, three meals and two snacks. And I've been doing this. And it doesn't look like with that much food that you should be able to maintain that kind of weight loss. But it worked. But that's what worked for him. And it's worked for me. Some people look at my salads and, you know, for what I pack for lunch now. And they're like, you, you've lost weight with that? It's a big salad. And, and I have. And it doesn't make sense. But it just, it just works. And so, um, you know, working the steps, um, you know, doing the four-step inventory and finally getting all those things off the plate. Because I, I, I did one in Al-Anon and, and that was a great experience. That truly was to me. It was the first time I'd actually looked at who I was that day. Up until that point of the good and the bad and just let somebody else know. But 
90, 90% of it. Then I took my uh, 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 steps with Walter when I first came in. And then this one was the, the most thorough I could be, and I'm sure there'll be more. Um, and so... Uh, you know that was that was another great gift to get all that all the the stuff that I didn't want to tell anybody, um, and I told it. And uh, there was a freedom in that, um, and there was there wasn't that discomfort that I got uh, that I was that unease that that I, that I uh, had to get rid of. And um, so, uh, you know, I, I made my amends. Uh, it was an interesting story that uh, you know I made. I went through and made all the amends that were possible. The financial ones that that I made. Um, you know, for stealing. I'm a big stealer. I still want to steal. I still want more. Uh, I don't do that with food, but I still crave more. I think I'm going to be safe. Something If I have more of, I don't know, that's why I love going to Costco. You know, there's more. There's more toilet paper. There's more paper towels. There's more of this. And if, as long as I have it, I'm going to be okay. I don't know what that is. But I, and, but I'll, but I want to, but I want to steal other people's stuff too. I want to, I do. And, um, because I think that's the baseline who I am. doesn't matter what I look like now. That's who I'll always be. I'll always be a compulsive overeater. And I'll ne- that'll never change. It doesn't matter how far I get from that guy that was thrown up and eating so much food. I'm still crazy. I am still, and, and my wife will attest to it, I am still crazy. And I, I really have to check in on a daily basis on, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I want to do, you know. And most of the time, they're like, mm, you know what, maybe, maybe we want to think about that for another day. And maybe talk to some more people about that. Um, but so, I, got, I had to make those financial amends, calling up those companies and saying, this is, this is what I've stolen. This is the value that, that I put on it. If you have a difference, please let me know, you know. And how do you recommend that I... And most of it was like, here's the charities that we like. Um, and... Um, so, and, and I'm still, you know, paying those charities. And, because um, my sponsor was like, this needs to hurt. You know, this, this doesn't need to be easy. And you forget about it. This needs, this needs, this needs to be painful. And, um, you know, uh, like, not only did I bully my brothers and sisters, I also bullied a lot of kids in school. And so I made that list out of the kids. I haven't been, I haven't been able to get a hold of them all, but an interesting thing just came up two months ago. My mom, uh, in fact, we're leaving to go down to see them. They come out west and, and uh, spend time uh, down south. And uh, um, she mentioned this boy's name. Or she mentioned his mom's name. And I'm like, oh, there's that name. And then I kept thinking about it. I'm like, this is the kid I owe an amends to. Because I was, you know, I was, I was tough with a lot of people. I was a bully to a lot. This kid I was in particular bully to. And, you know. I stole his squirrel. I st- he, he, he had, they had a flying squirrel. They had a flying, you know, this squirrel got tra- tra- trapped in the chimney. They caught it. He brings it to show and tell, and I steal it. That's the kind of kid I am. I mean, this is at, at, in second or third grade. I put it in my backpack. I don't bring any books home, and I, I head out to the bus with a squirrel in my backpack. And, um, but that's it. I, I, it never fazed me that, that that's not, you know, you know, that's what I did. And so... Flash forward later, flying squirrels now running around in my mind. It's running around in my mind. I'm thinking, this kid, I owe this. I don't. And that, the, being the bully part, I had no problem. I really was like, you know, I was a bully. I had no problem. I really had a problem making the events of. I stole your squirrel. You know, I mean, <laughs> how do you suggest I make that better? You know, and, and you know that really that was hard for me. And so, but um, but that's the that's the price. 
You know, if, if I want to be safe and sane and sober around food, I have to get rid of those things. And so I, I, I called my mom and I said, can you give me his mom's number? And I called his mom and I said, can you give me her number? And then I finally called him to make that amends. <laughs> I'm like, so I was really, I was, a, and, and I'm like, and I stole your flying squirrel, you know? And he's like, well, did it live? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, as soon as I took it out of the cage, I mean, I remember putting my dad's gloves, welding gloves on. I reach in the cage and I'm holding it. And I'm like, now what? You know, I mean, what do I do? What do I, I you know, what do I do now? And I'm like, uh, you know, it scrambled away and, and that was it. It got out and it was, hopefully it flew away, you know. And so, um, yeah. But the, the, those are the kind of things that, you know, um, I, you know, I get, to, I get to keep working those steps. I get to keep enlarging upon my spiritual condition. Um, I don't get to go to a lot of meetings, so I listen to a lot of bod, a podcasts. And so, um, you know, driving into work, instead of disconnecting and listening to the radio or listening to the news, I just listen to that. Because uh, I can actually be of service now. And um, because now... I still work in the entertainment business where they give you all sorts of... They'll give you all, all the free food you want. They'll just keep feeding you. Just as long as you keep working, we'll feed you. And, uh, but you know, I remember one time that I was afraid that they were, going, they were not going to get my food. So I shared it in a meeting just like this. I shared what was going on with me. And somebody came up to me afterwards and goes, why don't you bring your food? I'm like... That's simple. I can do that. You know? And so that day four... And, and there was a little bit of resistance. You know, I hate spending money. <clears throat> Excuse me. For food that should, it should be free. Okay, yeah, it should be free. But that's not, I, I, I'm not free. I'm, I'm at work going, I can't do my job. I'm like, what are they serving over there? You know? Uh, when's the next, are they gonna have enough? You know, are, and that's a big one. Are they gonna, are they gonna run out of food? And there's been situations where they have run out of food. And now I'm sure I would have been okay. But you know what? I don't have to deal with that today. I can actually be present and work and do my job and be of service at, at my job because I know my food's Right in, in my backpack or in my cooler or in my refrigerator. And, you know, there is, there is safety and peace uh, in my life today um, through, you know, putting down the food and working the 12 steps and telling you guys what's going on on a daily basis with me. That's all I do is just one day at a time, get it out. And, that I, and, and the reasons that were once there that were the huge biggest reasons in the world to eat. They're no longer there. I don't need the dentist chair or the chewing tobacco or even I'm now on decaf coffee um, that, uh, to, to, dis, to disconnect from the world and what's going on right now. And that's, that's something that you guys have given me. That's the gift that, of this program and what you give me every day. So thank you very much for hearing. Uh, this is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and do not, are not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you do not need to identify yourself if being recorded. Please remember, um, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast if being recorded. Okay. Um, are there any questions? Yes, the question is is uh, how my spirituality has grown and what my concept of a high, how my concept of a higher power has changed. Um, that's a great question. Um, let's see. When I first came in uh, back into OA, <clears throat> I can remember uh, 
the clock was my, was, was my higher power. Because I always knew it was moving forward. I knew that only in the movies does the, does the hand of the clock move backwards and that my next meal or my next snack was coming sooner rather than later. And, um, you know, it was, uh, um, you know, I, I didn't start praying until, the, until I worked, got to the 10th step. Um, and, uh, you know, I started meditating. Uh, or, yeah, excuse me, the 11th step. And uh, I started praying. I would pray at meetings, but not on my own. Um, and uh, but when when the when I because I tried meditation before. I tr- I've tried prayer. And you know what? As soon as I, as soon as I actually worked the thorough ninth and tenth step, or the eighth and ninth step, and and started doing the tenth and the eleventh step, it was very simple. Actually, I meditate every day. And um, <clears throat> it's uh, you know I still I just go to YouTube and I type in guided meditation. And, you know, there are millions of guided meditations. And, you know, I pick one anywhere from, uh, you know, five minutes up to 20 minutes. And, and I do what, what's asked of me that day. And, um, you know, my spirituality, you know, uh, I, my concept of higher power, it was, it was definitely, like I said, the, the, the clock and then the group. Like, when I, I really had faith in the, in the group for the longest time because when I put that out that I was afraid that, you know, that I was going to go into this job and I was, it, was, it was out in Yosemite for three days. And, and when somebody said, well, why don't you just bring your own food? I'm like, that was great. That was a great suggestion. So, you know, I would turn a lot, over, a lot of my problems over to the group. I would be like, I would just, hey, this is what's going on with me and this is what I'm afraid of. And then people would come up with suggestions. And a lot, most of them worked. Or I'd talk to my sponsor. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have a, a specific um, uh, concept of higher power, but like I said, I pray and meditate every day, and any of my good ideas, I check them out with other people. You know, I, there, there are a group of guys that I go, uh, that I go and, and know that when I have a good idea about anything, that's, that I need to start checking things out. Um, because, you know, I'm, I'm stealing flying squirrels if, if it's, you know, you know, on my own. Thank you. Um, and you know, it's, it's going to be okay. You know, that's, that's the thing that I never, I never had that belief or that comfort. Today I do have that comfort, so, and, but I can't explain that. Um, I just kind of know it's, it's going to be all right. Most of the time I can remember that. Um, and I'm going to be well taken care of today. You know, if I start thinking tomorrow and yesterday, but today. So... Thanks, Tim. Um, you ever consider eating that flying squirrel? <laughs> <laughs> That's not the question. Yeah. The question is, how's your communication with your wife? How does, how does program uh, help you with that? Uh, how does my program uh, help me with my communication with my wife? Um, you know, <laughs> my sponsor, uh, he's like, how long, were you, how long did you know her and you were in the food? I'm like, well, about five or six years. And he goes, well, you owe her time. Because you, your five or six years is like, your five or six years as an addict eating are like 20 years of a normal person, you know. Um, and so he's like, all you have to do is just listen. Rarely does she ever ask me for any input. Do you know what I'm saying? She just asks me, she just throws it out there. And, you know, a lot of times... You know, I've worked all day long, and she and she's been with the kids. We've got two great kids, and she's been home with those kids 
talking to kids all day long and she just wants to tell somebody, an adult, and I just listen. I just, I mean, I'm just, I'm, you know, yes, that, you know, I, I listen a lot. And one of the things that does come up for me is you might be right. You might be right. It's just like, oh yeah, you might be right. I, and I, what do I know? I mean, I used to think I knew so much. And now I really don't know. I, I mean, hey, I, I, like, I want to raise my kids kind of the way I was raised. And it's like, what, what's that, you know? I mean, why? I mean, I, that's all I know. But that's my baseline. It's like, well, yeah, that's, that's the way we're going to raise these kids this way. And I mean, I was raised with physical abuse, verbal abuse, you know. I mean, psycholo- I mean this is the way, you know, yelling and name calling. And I'm like, why would I want that? But that to me is like, oh, if left to my own devices, that's the way I would go. And she was raised on the other opposite end of things with very loving parents who maybe coddled her too much. My parents were like, do you want something? You go get it. You know, it didn't matter. If you want a flying squirrel, go get yourself one. (laughs) That's not funny. Um, (laughs) um, But but hers were like, we'll take care of you. And, you know, maybe there's something to be said about that. I don't know. It's not something that I, I go to, but it's just like, well, she might be right. She might be right. And these kids are different than me. And they're, di- they're different from each other. It's like, I don't know what works for one might not work for the other. And I just, the, the, the more I think I'm right about something, the more I need to check it out. Because, you know, that, that's still disease thinking. It's still there. It's still right there on the surface. And, you know, my way's the right way. I want the, and it's just like, I might not know, maybe you know, and it's just for today, just for today. Uh, I, I I find myself a much easier, better companion when I'm dealing in today. If I start to jump to, well, if we do this, well, they'll they'll end up being this, and they'll end up being this, and they'll be they'll be uncompetitive. They'll be you know, and it's just like it's all fear up there. Whereas just today, they're six and four. We're going to deal with six and four instead of eighteen and twenty four, whatever it is. So then I don't have to worry. You know, today, today we're well taken care of. So, thank you. Thanks. Um, can you talk about, uh, did you go and make amends with your dad? And did you feel he owed you one? And how did you feel that? That's a, that's a very good question. Thank you. Uh, the question is, is uh, did uh, I make amends with my father? And uh, did I feel he owed me an amends? Um, I made the amends with my dad. Um, you know, I was a I was a bad kid. Uh, I caused a lot of havoc with my father. Um, it didn't. I was doing. I would do anything to to, to stir the pot. And uh, I took my beatings. I took I took all that. Um, but I did what I wanted to do. And um, you know, does do I think he owes me an amends? Yeah, I'm not really sure. You know, um, it, it, there's there's. And I'm not really worried about that anymore. Really, that's the, the great thing is I'm not worried about that. Or one of the things that uh, came up in, in a meditation or whether it was a podcast or whatever it was, you know, I was a valuable member of a seven-person team, seven team. And, man, I was pulling my own way. You know, I, I, you know even though I didn't like the rules around, that were around, the, the re, I didn't like reality is what I didn't like. I did not like reality. I did not like having to work. I still can get upset when looking back when I had to work, I had to do this and that. And I could still get upset about that. But man, when I look back, I was like, there were seven members of that team. And there was Tim right in the middle 
pulling his own way. Beating up his younger brothers and sisters, you know, eating any kind of food. I mean, causing havoc right in the middle of that. And, you know, for that I owed an immense. And, you know, I didn't feel that I was part of a team, but I was. Whether I liked it or not. And so, you know, that's, you know, looking back, I'm like, wow, that's a different way to look at it. You know, that's a different way to look at how I was raised. My, my, and actually, working, my childhood has gotten better through working the steps. You know, my childhood has gotten better. And, and wow, I was part of a team. And you know what? I just didn't like, I didn't like reality. I didn't like the way it was set up. It wasn't the team that I put together. It wasn't the, the rules that I would, because I would do nothing. I would, I would still do nothing. If it left to my own device, I would do nothing. You know, um, that's why I want money. That's why I want a lot of money, so I can do nothing. I can be lazy. You know, um, so uh, you know, the men's with my father are made it, made it, made it right away. That was one of the first ones. That him, my mom, uh, my brothers and sisters. Um, uh, but uh, whether he owes one or not. That's up, yeah, that's up to him. And uh, like I said, my, my childhood has gotten a lot better in the past five years. So, thanks for asking. Thank you so much. Um, I assume with kids you have snacks in your house and things mm-hmm. that you can't eat, mm-hmm. as well as at your work, which is everywhere. <laughs> um, if you snack, you want to reach for it, what do you do? So, if, um, the question is, is there snacks uh, being around children and there's snacks being... Uh, around you know it, <laughs> and there's snacks uh, in, in, in my, in, at the workplace how do if, if I feel hungry uh, what do I do is that um, well th- thank goodness with, as far as my alcoholic foods you know the foods that you know are bottom line that I don't touch and there's a lot of them um, I really have not been called to those like pizza that really that has been something that my sponsor kind of guaranteed me he said listen he goes if you Never pick this food up. You will never have a food problem again. If you don't pick these... And, he, and it really has. I have never had... I've been around pizza. I've been around... And he, I've never had that problem. I've never wanted to pick those up. I've smelled them and they smell good. But that's when... So I... And, and, and as far as my food program... My food goes every day. I eat enough food that I should never physically be hungry. Breakfast may be the first time I should be hungry in the morning. That's it. Um... And so if I am hungry, that to me is, is like a 911 call. Because it's, I'm not physically hungry, something else is going on. I don't know what it is. I, you know, I'm still not, I still not, in, I, I still haven't experienced my feelings. I don't know why I'm upset or why I'm, or why I'm anxious or why I'm hungry. But I know I have to do something about it. You know, so I pick up that phone. If, if, if I want to pick up something outside of my food, I pick up the phone. It's time to make a call because there's something going on. And I never figure it out. It just goes away. <laughs> you know, I, I know, uh, you know, one of the, uh, I haven't seen Joe C. in a while. And, um, you know, I would text him and I'm like, it's, t- it's two hours till my snack and I'm hungry. And he, 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 he texted me a picture of a donut back, you know. I mean, you know, but, you know, but this, is what, this is exactly what would happen. I would see the picture and, I'd be, and I would laugh. You know, and, and, and then it was gone. I wasn't alone anymore. It wasn't, it wasn't calling me. It was just like, oh, thanks, Joe. You know, and, but that was the thing. It was like, once I wasn't alone, because food, food will trap you alone. Um, and once I wasn't alone with the food, it, it, it was gone. 
you know. And I make calls. I said, I'm just hungry. I'm tired. I, you know, I'm just, you know, a lot. Of, you know, I work a lot, a lot of hours, and I'm tired constantly. And you know, my 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 program is is is, is gone a little bit forward, and now I can't take those feelings out on my kids and my wife because I'm tired. You know, that's not their that's not their responsibility. I can't be a, a childish and yell and, and tell them. I can say I, I say to my daughter, "Daddy's been, Daddy's really tired. He can't handle this today." <laughs> you know, I can tell them that. I can be honest about what's going on, but I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to. Uh, um, you know. And as far as with kids, that was one thing I had to be really conscious of. I was very aware um, because you know you wipe things up or you wipe it off, and then where does it go? It, it goes on my pants. It didn't go into my mouth. Never once. But I had to be really very consciously aware of that. That, you know, the extra stuff never went into my mouth. Um, but I'd be like, oh, okay, that's right. This doesn't, you know. It never, I never uh, got caught with it. But it was one thing that was, was told about, you know, uh, when I was having kids. And they were like, oh, you want, this is, might be something you want to be aware of. Because you're constantly wiping stuff up. You're constantly picking up after them. Well, it's not my food. You know, my daughters are like that. They tell their friends that daddy, daddy can't eat one piece of candy because he'll eat yours, too. (laughs) He'll eat yours, too. (laughs) And I would. I'd have no problem. Are you done with that? Yeah. I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I, it's so funny, they, I watch them and they have a couple bites of something. Like they, they got this, I got them those little haagen the one serving things, and they ate half of it and put it back away. I'm like, one of those? That's it? What are you talking about? So, you know, that's, yeah, that's, it's great. So, thank you. Unless you're a sociopath, you're astoundingly sincere. Uh-huh. You know, and, uh, you know, my question is, can you and did you, as you were first time aggregating uh-huh. your abstinence, could you sense sincerity coming back? Did it feel insincere when you were using anesthesia? Oh, did I? I was. Um, that's 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 a good question. I never thought about that. The question is: Is uh, did I feel insincere when using anesthesia? Or You're so sincere now. <laughs> um, and when you, the anesthesia would be any kind of drugs or alcohol. Um, you know, food. Food. Okay. Um, did I feel insincere? Ah, uh, I don't know. Um, that is a really good question. Um, I, I, I mean, this is the first time in my life that that the foundation is the, the the foundation is there. I was always in a rush to get the absence, to get the one year, the five year, whatever it was, to get there. And now today is enough. Right now is one day is to, is enough. And um, that's a gift. That's not me. I I always want more. I want and you know I've had to give up things. You know, I've, I've had to put them aside because it's not compatible with, um, with, with my peace of mind. You know, I, 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 wanted, I'm, I was aspiring. I don't know if I am or was, but I've had to put down writing. And that was hard for me. But I was working, I was working a lot of hours. And I just, it was either give up prayer and meditation, give up my daily writing, give up that, and do the, or... And I was like, you know what? I have to, I have to give that up. What time is that? Oh, okay. So it is. So yeah, I've had to. Um, that that was hard. Those were that was a hard decision for me to say. This is more important than all of that. It was very easy at the beginning. This is this is the most important thing that I do every day, without exception. 
and on anything that I do. Work, family, anything. Um, I just believe it for the first time. I could say it before, but now I believe it. Um, so it's 9.35. Now it's time to stop for the secretary's announcement.